Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest teaches on the fusion reactor inside you. Let's make our confession as a church. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. I'm going to teach a message today that's been stirring in my spirit for several weeks now. It's called the fusion reactor inside you. Now, with a name like that, you got to know that it will involve a bit of science. But don't let that intimidate you. I promise I'll keep it uh, simple and break it down as much as I can. First of all, whether some folks like to admit it or not, the God of the Bible is also the God of science. And people need to hear that more than they're currently hearing that in this day and age. Amen? After all, if science is just a different form of truth, it must line up with the ultimate source of truth, which is the Word of God. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, Lord, show them thy truth. Thy word is truth. So Jesus himself declared that the word of God was the ultimate source of truth in the universe. Now, speaking of science, Einstein said that mathematics, which is the language of science, was nothing more than man's attempt to understand the mind of God. I like that. In other words, science and mathematics is man's attempt to quantify the mysteries of the universe in some logical, understandable way. Amen? So lately the Lord's been reminding me that I was led by Him to go back to school when I was in my 40s to get a Ph.D. in engineering, not for my amusement and not to satisfy my curiosity, but for His purposes. Amen? I was a postdoctorate researcher in the field of micro and nanosystems engineering. I was also a Bible school director for 10 years. And during those years that I taught the Bible, I also taught engineering, mathematics, and statistics. And I know that the Lord expects me to use that unique background, that melding of the worlds of science and the world of the Bible, for His purposes to reach out to people and to declare to them that God's Word is true and that science, contrary to what many teach today, does not contradict the Bible. Rather, it complements the Bible. Now, I've taught on science in the Bible in the past in different venues, in front of different groups, but rarely have I done so in a regular church service. But the Lord's been fairly insistent lately that I begin to unveil that side of my life in ministry on a regular basis right here in our regular Sunday morning services. He told me, don't shy away from what I put in you. You have a way of making it understandable. You have a way of showing how science and the Bible are complementary, not contradictory. You need to use that gift because there's a lot of people in deception right now. They worship the God of science, not the God of the Bible. So from time to time, as we grow and develop as a church, you'll be exposed as a congregation to regular science in the Bible messages, beginning this morning with the fusion reactor in you. Amen. Sounds like some kind of fun sci-fi flick, doesn't it? Let's start with the book of Malachi, chapter 4, verse 1 through 3 in the King James Version. 
For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Glory to God. Isn't that awesome? Here the prophet Malachi tells us there's a burning judgment coming one day for the wicked and for the ungodly. Too horrible sometimes to contemplate, but true nevertheless. Amen. But God has something different in store for His beloved, for those who fear His name, for those who call Jesus their Lord. Let's read it again in the message translation. It's even more clear. Malachi chapter 4 verse 1 through 3. Count on it. The day is coming, raging like a forest fire. All the arrogant people who do evil things will be burned up like stove wood, burned to a crisp, nothing left but scorched earth and ash, a black day. But for you, sunrise, the sun of righteousness will dawn on those who honor my name, healing radiating from its wings. You will be bursting with energy like colts, frisky and frolicking. That's kind of funny, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. And you'll tromp on the wicked. There'll be nothing but ashes under your feet on that day. The God of the angel armies says so. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This version makes it even clearer that Malachi is saying that one day the wicked would be defeated, the enemy would be under our feet, and that great joy would be among the people of God. Now notice in verse 2 that he uses our son, S-U-N, as a prophetic metaphor for the son, S-O-N, of righteousness. That son of righteousness is none other than Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Amen. And when he rises, the prophet says, healing power, life-giving energy, and joy will emanate from his wings from His rays, or from His radiation, dare I use the word. (laughs) Glory to God, church, we're living in the day that Malachi prophesied about, and we can say with faith and assurance that the Son of Righteousness, S-O-N, has not only risen upon us, but He has risen within us. Amen. Amen. Jesus Himself, after He was raised from the dead, conferred that righteousness to His believers, and with that righteousness, He conferred salvation, healing, deliverance, and great joy. Amen. Since the prophet Malachi used the Son, S-U-N, as a metaphor for the Son, S-O-N, of righteousness, I thought it would be helpful if we took a look at some facts about our Son. Our sun is an enormous burning ball of hydrogen and helium gas that is about 93 million miles away from planet Earth. To give you an idea of how far that is, even at a speed of 186,000 miles a second, the light from the surface of the sun takes about 8 minutes and 30 seconds to reach the Earth. Wow! If something were to happen to the sun, we wouldn't know about it until eight and a half minutes later. Oh, my Lord, the sun just went out. 
That's not going to happen. God's not going to let that happen. Now, one of the reasons that the sun is so far away from us is because it is so large and so hot that we could not survive if we were much closer. Amen? So how large is the sun? Well, the diameter of the sun is about 840,000 miles across compared to the diameter of the earth, a mere 8,000 miles. So diameter-wise, the sun is over 100,000 times larger than the earth. Volume-wise, this is the mind-blower. Look at this picture. You can see this. Volume-wise, it would take 1.3 million earths to fill the volume of the sun. Wow. Wow. So, how hot is the sun? Well, the core of the sun burns at 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot. And in that core, there is a fusion reactor that takes the available mass of hydrogen and converts it into helium, releasing an enormous amount of energy in the form of heat and light. Just to give you some idea how much energy is being produced by our sun, the sun converts 4.4 million tons of mass into energy every second. Every second. And this conversion of mass into energy is described by Einstein's famous equation, E equal mc squared. It amazes me that a patent clerk in 1905 was sitting down scribbling one day, and he came up with the concept of relativity and ultimately E equals mc squared. In 1905, he was a brilliant guy. But by the time those fusion reactions work their way to the surface of the sun, the temperature drops from a balmy 27 million degrees to only 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Isn't that comforting? (laughs) Now that may be far cooler than the core, but it's still hot enough to not just melt, but to boil elements like carbon, graphite, and diamonds. That's pretty hot. Here's an interesting factoid. Recent measurements have indicated that the core of the earth may be even hotter than the surface of the sun. Wow. The surface of the sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and these measurements indicate that the core of the earth is slightly hotter than that. Kind of an unpleasant parallel to another place at the core of the earth, amen? Hell may be in another dimensional realm at the core of the earth, but I'm betting they share that heat somehow. Thank God there's a lot of rock between the core of the earth and the surface of the earth. Amen. At this point, I may have overwhelmed some of you with the science, so let me reassure you by getting to the point that I wanted to make this morning. Each of us in this room, if you're born again, if you're spirit-filled, has a fusion reactor on the inside of you, burning with limitless power. That fusion reactor on the inside of you is much more powerful and produces much more light and much more energy than the light and energy that emanates from our sun. Because it's the same light, the same power, the same energy that God used to create the universe. It's the same light, the same power, the same energy that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Romans 8.11 in the King James Version. 
I tell you what, if there's any scripture in the Bible that I think you should memorize, this would be one of them. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Glory to God. Amplified says it even better. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Amen. Now consider this. The Spirit of the living God was dwelling inside the body of Jesus and it was that indwelling Spirit, that fusion reactor of a higher degree of limitless power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now I want to talk for a few minutes about the Shroud of Turin. The Shroud of Turin. For those of you who are not familiar with the Shroud of Turin, it is believed by many to be the burial shroud of Jesus Himself. It's kept in Turin, Italy, where from time to time the keepers allow it to undergo scientific analysis. The amazing thing about the shroud is there appears to be an image of a man that was crucified that was burned onto the shroud by some unknown kind of radiation. The shroud was placed underneath from head to toe and folded overhead from head to toe in such a way that this radiation produced an image of the top and the bottom of the crucified man. Now this is the top. If you'll see, there's, there's like a photographic 3D image in the center there of a man who is obviously deceased, but you can see blood marks on his wrist, blood marks down there on his feet, and you can see that evidently it looks like he was crucified and buried and covered with this shroud. And then you look at the backside, and you see the backside, and you can see, you can see stripes, a crisscross pattern of stripes on his back, but not just his back, all the way down his buttocks and all the way down his legs. He took more than stripes on his back. He took stripes on his entire backside of his body, and he took them for me and you. Now, I am a believer in the Shroud of Turin. I think the scientific evidence is just too overwhelming for it not to be the crucified Christ. I was listening to a nuclear physicist who analyzed the radiation pattern that produced the image on the shroud, and she said some things that absolutely stunned me. She said that the image had no deformation on the bottom side, as you can tell, indicating that just before this burst of radiation occurred, the body of the man was evidently lifted up and suspended in air. Didn't Jesus say, destroy this temple and after three days I will raise it up? John chapter 2 verse 19. I believe he did it literally and then he raised himself from the dead after he raised his body off of the stone tablet that he was laying on. Amen. She said that the radiation appeared to emanate from within the body of the man producing a symmetrical image on the top and bottom of the shroud. Finally, what absolutely blew me away was this. This nuclear physicist said that the pattern of radiation she discerned from her observation of the shroud was identical to that of the Big Bang explosion from which space, time, energy, and matter were created. In other words, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a creative event. 
One that took more power than was used when God created the universe. It took more power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead than to bring this universe into existence. There was more to overcome, but God was able and he overcame. A new kind of being was created that day, one that had never before existed, an immortal, incorruptible being that was the prototype and the forerunner of us all. Amen? And the amazing truth of the matter is this. If you're born again, if you're spirit-filled, that same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. There is universe-creating, raising from the dead power, living on the inside of you. And one day, that resurrection power that lives in you will transform your body from the inside out. Mortal will put on immortality and corruptible will put on incorruption. In the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says, in a moment's time, we'll be changed into the same kind of being that Jesus is. We'll be just like Him. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one through 53 Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, whether you're dead or alive, we're all going to be changed at the same time. The dead in Christ will rise first, Paul says, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. Amen? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for my new model. There's a new model of me waiting in the showroom of heaven. I'm ready to put that model on. Amen. He's about 25 years old. Good looking, has all of his hair, strong, healthy, steel blue eyes, wavy hair. I can't wait to put him on, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me wrap this up by saying this. And this is what I really want you to get this morning. You don't have to confine your faith to the day that you get your new body to appropriate the promise of Romans 8.11. Although our bodies are aging, we don't have to put up with the corruption of sickness and disease. We've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. If you read through Deuteronomy 28, it talks about all the blessings of following the law and all the curses of disobeying the law and all the diseases known to man are listed in Deuteronomy 28 as a curse of the law. But Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Amen. We can believe, God, that the preserving influence of that fusion reactor with limitless power that lives on the inside of us can ward off sickness, disease, and pain so that we live out the number of our days. Exodus 23, 24, and 25 says, The Lord will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Now, if that was a promise given to the old covenant folks, we in the new covenant, 
We have a better covenant established upon better promises sealed by the blood of Jesus. We can claim that promise for us today. God will take sickness away from the midst of us. Hallelujah. And he will fulfill the number of our days. Why? Because we have a race to run. We have a course to complete. We have a destiny to fulfill. Amen. Glory to God. My confession. Let me tell you what I say over myself every day before I start my day. I encourage you to use the word of God and come up with your own version and speak it over yourself every day. There's power in the spoken word. Jesus himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and with his stripes I was and I am healed. That's Matthew 8, 16, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24 and Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. I receive it, Lord, not as a pipe dream, not as a wish, but as a reality in my life right now, a right now reality. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he dwells in me. Amen. Romans 8, 11. Like a fusion reactor with limitless power, the light, the life, the power, and the glory of God Himself radiates from the inside of my innermost being. It starts in my spirit. It penetrates my soul. It touches every single one of my 10 trillion cells. It touches every organ, every body system, and obliterates, incinerates, vaporizes, and kills on contact every sickness, every disease in my body. It kills virus, harmful bacteria, fungus, unwanted growths, cancers on contact. It preserves my vital organs and regulates all my body systems. It purges my veins, arteries, and heart valves of blockage, obstruction, and restriction so that blood flows freely to all parts of my body. Therefore, I do not have heart disease, heart attacks, strokes, or any such thing. It gives me keen eyesight and outstanding hearing. Proverbs 20.12 says the seeing eye and the hearing ear, they are gifts from the Lord. I receive seeing eyes and hearing ears as gifts from my Lord. All my body levels are kept at safe and healthy levels for me. My blood pressure, my blood cholesterol, my blood sugar, my triglycerides. Everything is kept to what it should be to keep me safe. I am free of sickness, disease, and pain. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed, John 8, 36. Now, you may think that's fairly lengthy, but that's really not all that I say over myself. Those are just the high points. And I do this. I miss a day every once in a while, but normally I don't miss a day. And I speak this over my body every single day. Why? I got a mission to complete. I got a destiny to fulfill. I got a church to build. We're going to do some things in the city of Wilmington. And for that, I need this body to be strong and healthy and free of disease. It's not asking God for anything that he can't handle. He wants you well because he wants you to fulfill your divine destiny. He wants you to become the man or woman God called you to be so that you reach the people God called you to reach. You impact the people that God called you to impact. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel the atmosphere charged with faith. And I think we should pray for the sick. And I'm going to be here and Ricky's going to come up here and he's going to help me. If you've got sickness or disease in your body of any kind, I don't care if it's minor. I don't care if it's major. I don't care if it's chronic or it just happened to you. We're going to see God touch that condition and you're going to be healed this morning in Jesus name.
We hope you enjoyed today's message on The Fusion Reactor Inside You. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again.